We're recording. Ah, yeah, here we are. <laughs> I was like, is he alive? Well, well, well. Good day, everybody. Welcome back to the Mark and Coco show. Hope you guys had a great week. Uh, it's been a long week, a long winter. Uh, I know a lot of people went through it, but it looks like uh, things are looking better. Find some wood to knock on it because I might have just jaked us off. But other than that, what's going on, Coco? Oh, great. I'm not allowed to talk about our weather here. Yeah, I don't know why I did that. Our weather is perfect. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, it's been such, it's been warm outside though. It's just weird. Yeah, same here. It's been pretty nice outside. Really? So, yeah. um, what day was that? Yesterday, it was like 78 degrees. Yeah, it was 60 here. What, like, how can people say that climate change does not exist? Uh, that is not normal. You get a check with enough zeros on it. Well, okay, that's true. I guess you can hire a scientist to. Yeah, you deny anything. You get to check with no zeros on it. That's sad. Yeah, no. It's really, really sad. No so integrity left in the world. Are you saying you don't have any integrity? That you can be bought to to make certain claims? I'm gonna be honest. It depends oh. on what it is. What? It depends on what it is. Yeah, it depends on what it is. I mean, there's certain things that I don't know about money. No, but if somebody gonna write me a check with no zeros, I'll. So you're considerate. Like what? I love. I'll buy a Ford over a Chevy any day of the week. Oh, see, no, like really. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Whew, I can breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, it depends on what it is. Yeah, but uh, but for most things, I can't be bought. I'm like, nah, that's all right. Yeah, I'm just going to be, I'm just going to be po one more day. Yeah. So how's the wet? So how was the weather for you guys? Because we had really good weather, although we had a thunderstorm last night that woke me up at early in the morning. Sounded like I was being taken off to the Wizard of Oz, the land of Oz. <laughs> Yeah, we've had some rain too, but um, but other than that, clear skies, sun shining, everybody's know. outside. Yeah, everybody's outside. That's nice. Nice change. It'll stay that yeah. way because you know climate change. Um, I think spring has already started. It has yep. already started. Let's, let's so. hope so. Did you know, do you know what today is? Uh, it is March 1st. And what is March 1st? Oh, what's March 1st? <laughs> <laughs> it's International Women's Awareness Month. It's the first day. Oh, oh, okay. So you have to I'm celebrate really the womb. You have to celebrate the womb that gave life to you so you should call your mother and be like thanks for giving birth to me 
without oh, okay. any medication. I can do that. Did you know I'm mom gave birth to both of us without drugs? Natural. Say what now? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She said her labor progressed so quickly with both of us, but even you, you being her first first child, that they're like, nope, too late. Push. So oh, dang. yeah. Especially you. Especially you because you had a big ass head. Uh, says the one that came yeah, for to... me that destroyed our mother's vagina hey. with his big ass head. Hey, I left you room to move, so that's not You're necessarily welcome. a good thing. <laughs> You're that's welcome. Mom, she may not agree with you with the. I I left you a bigger apartment. You're welcome. And your mother is not quite happy about that. Just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's something you should be like. You're welcome. I made mom's vagina bigger for you to come out of. <laughs> well, I didn't say tell him. <laughs> yeah, because let's be honest, she's never going to listen to our podcast, like ever. No, no, mom doesn't listen to any podcast. See, she just really ain't got time for nobody talking, really. So. <laughs> no matter who it is, no matter who it is, she's like, yeah. Like, uh. So come in, in, in and, yeah. Yeah, put it in the book. I might read it, but I, mean, I ain't got time for listening to nobody. She may read the book. She may. Yeah. Just if her mood kind of fits her. So. Yeah. But yeah. So happy woman's appreciate. I, I don't know. How do you feel about having certain months of like appreciation and recognition? Do you think it serves a purpose anyway does it help bring about awareness because you know we just got out of black history month and uh not really i mean it's uh, i mean it could be used as a learning tool but you know like today i mean not many people will be talking about it you might see a commercial about it you know maybe once or twice during the day that's about it especially as international days but you got to remember that those international holidays are really set up for they're really not set up for us i don't know uh, here in america they're set up for other countries around the world let me take so that back take i'm not granted. i'm not 100 sure if it's international or national no nah, you don't want to go because I think there there are two different there's two different ones actually there is international and national. Yeah, but you know, man, anything, <laughs> anything to sell, anything to sell greeting cards. So. I will say, from my perspective, I think it allows people the space to, um, to celebrate for that specific group. I will say that that is something that yeah. i do think it does allow for but like you said I, I don't think that a lot of people are tuned in enough to to know that it exists or um sadly care enough yeah but wow. i i think it goes back to we need to celebrate all groups and be more inclusive every day it shouldn't just be like okay this month we're going to give you credit and recognition yeah yeah, that's cool, but we, we are nowhere near that yet. 
Yeah, we got a lot of stuff I, to unpack. I, I know. You know, I hear I hear a lot of black folks say that. That's like the first thing um, a lot of folks say about, you know, uh, especially the black folks that think that we're, we're segregating ourselves by having um, a black history month. Um, you know, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be doing that. We should be inclusive, you know, um, but um, okay. stuff like, stuff like that is stuff that they teach in school because, and it forces a lot of schools what black history they teach or talk about history black history even though they talk about the same people that's my thing every year. and every most year people don't lady. even remember the same people that they talk about because you start to no. tune it out no they just they just do enough just to get by just to get by and you know they most of it let's be honest most of black history month is about martin luther king yeah I mean, uh, let's be let's be upfront. It's been like that ever since yeah. I was in school. Ever since you was in school, yeah. I mean, they'll it'll mostly be about Martin Luther King, but they'll mention Malcolm X. Mention. Mm-mm. See, I Malcolm didn't get that X. when I was growing up. Not yeah, in school. He was mention, too much of a radical for school. Well, so. they'll, well, they'll mention him like in passing. They'll lump. They're not going to say. They're not going to say Malcolm X without the name Martin Luther King attached to it. See, I did, I learned about Malcolm X from being the black movie. and living. No, from my family. <laughs> I don't. I don't ever recall learning about Malcolm X in school. Honestly. No, no, they don't really talk about him. I mean, they say his name. I'm telling you, really I don't detail. even remember them saying his name. Like I don't ever remember. It was always Martin Luther King, Harriet Tubman. Frederick mm. Douglass, um, who else? That's um, it. Martin Luther King, and that's it. That's that's the um, trinity right there. And then and sometimes they, they would talk about Madam C.J. Walker, um, and there was somebody else I can't remember. See my point? Yeah. Made. See up here, I mean, she was so prominent up here, but they hardly, they hardly ever talked about her. I mean, they got a theater named after who Tubman. Um, no, uh, um, Madam Walker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you did know you... she 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 started her business up here. Yeah, did you see the um, Netflix series they did on her? I did. What did what were your thoughts on that? There was a little bit of controversy. Was, yeah, I mean, there's other things. I mean, there's a lot of other things they could have talked about, but they really focused on. I understand of bringing her uh, husband up because mm-hmm. she she used his last name, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Always got to talk about the men. Always got to talk about the yeah, men. yeah, and how bad he treated her and all this other stuff, and how then he started dating uh, her rival. That was know, crazy. Uh, I did not but, know that, but I, I just was like, do you think it kind of tainted the 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 great things that she did. Cause I found yeah. that it was too, too much that. time. Yeah, they spent too much time talking about that part. I mean, that should have just been a touchstone. Uh, but I mean, in the movie, they used it as, 
she used it as fuel for her to keep pushing forward. But they didn't really dwell on the fact that she she was like, you know, I don't care what he said, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this happen. She didn't do that. They just made it where she felt sad and like, yeah, you know, I'm being used and all this it's other stuff. Like, like, oh my god, like, come on, stop, just leave that stuff alone. It changed. But, you know, it really, it really kind of shifted and changed. Um, how you, for me, how I perceived her. But I guess yeah. it just goes to show you that you just never know what people are going through. People always have some type of struggles. Um, yeah. They showed the Everybody human knows. side of it, I guess. And it was just, and a lot of people were like, why did they even go there? Like you take one of the few black people of um, importance in the community. Um, and they were saying that it was just kind of, it kind of tainted her image a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that none of that stuff in the show was wasn't the truth, um, but it it definitely painted her human. Yeah. And all I mean, all heroes are human. They got flaws. They do stupid stuff. They say stupid stuff. You know, they're human. Um, they not perfect. Uh, right. So right. Uh, I I can understand that. And I think people. I, I, I got the I got the message from that series from the Netflix special um, that she was just a driven person and she used mm -hmm. all her all the negative stuff uh, and turned it into a positive. Like she took that energy and put it toward her business and yeah. philanthropy and you know uh, raising uh, raising the bar as far as when it not just black business women just black women mm -hmm. period yeah. yeah and she and she kind of reset that goal uh as far as for black beauty mm -hmm. yeah she yeah. did provide something for all all black women could have something to help take care of their hair with so yep. yeah yeah so i mean the biggest thing the biggest thing i think they needed to focus on i thought was the earlier part of the uh the movie is when um she started working for a light-skinned woman mm -hmm. and when she said that what you're doing is you're going out there and you're selling this product because you want them to look like me not like you i was like Dang. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, you know and that's what they should have really yeah. focused on but they don't have to do that because that's that i i mean honestly the whole the whole movie was a little lighthearted. it really it was it, it could have yeah, dug it a little deeper but yeah it was it wasn't heavy and i thought they they kind of did a disservice and they should have just talked about that a little bit more but I think that would have made a lot of other people, that would have made a lot of people uncomfortable. With that, I, I think, think they needed to make people uncomfortable. That's the problem that we're still dealing with within the black community, colorism, mm. you know? And like, what, what, like, ooh, you have good hair, so therefore you're more of valued and perceived as being more beautiful. And it's like, that's not true. It's not true, no. there's no truth to it. Well, I think right now, 
I think dark-skinned women definitely are, and they, they've been having a moment for a while. Yes, but, about time. But, yeah, but now it's like really been kind of pushed to the forefront. Yeah. Where, uh, especially in, in Hollywood, they look for dark-skinned women now. I so I appreciate which, it, but it's kind still of struggle with it too, because it's like it's like, okay, so this is trendy now to be acceptable, but I still embrace them having the platform and the space to to be seen and heard because they deserve it. I always want yeah. it, I always want it to be dark skin. I always thought they just have beautiful skin and um and I, and I think it had a lot to do with just how I grew up because I was never light-skinned and I never was dark-skinned. I was always kind of in the middle. So Yeah, we were, we were, because, uh, you know, dad, dad's family is really light-skinned. And um, skin. my family was, was dark-skinned and was light-skinned. Yeah, um, so I was like, I don't, I don't, yeah. I never really felt like I looked like mom and I definitely didn't look like dad family no um, no granddad would granddad even was, within our was family the, too yeah granddad was the darkest he was the whole family. he really yeah, he was. always was man he was i mean he was you know john coltrane black i mean he was <laughs> black 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 beautiful skin um, though he had beautiful skin yeah and beautiful grandma skin. was uh was grandma's creole so <clears throat> it's uh it was uh, makes beautiful babies, that's for sure. And even and even more beautiful grandchildren. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they did it. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. that's especially in um, Louisiana. You know, they were all about lightening the the race and having the different different levels of of how white, how much white blood you have in you. That whole thing is just crazy when I think about it. That yeah. whole that, system that they have. Yeah, yeah. and that's, what, that's where the brown paper bag test yeah. uh, came from. But you know what is so, so interesting is that I have had people within our family and they're like, well, um, one of our cousins, I won't say their name, but he was like, well, you're on the light skin. You're, you're, you and you light-skinned people and I'm like oh, I've never looked at myself as being light-skinned what are you talking about and he was oh, like well you're not dark so like me and I was like I was just like this is just mind-blowing that we're having a discussion about the color and tone of my skin like why are we talking about this well, like how about how was your day how is your job going are you happy with that not like you're light-skinned and we're dark okay yeah well, you know, they, uh, there's a lot of dark-skinned people that feel like they the bottom of the rung. Yeah, you know? that's sad. It's really, it really is just sad. And, yeah, and the only, the only outlet, the only outlet you would see a dark-skinned person would be either, you know, rap music or uh, sports. That's it. Hmm. Really, you know, there really was no you know, real role models they really had, except for Cindy Fortier. That was it. I mean, Cindy Fortier was the only dark-skinned brother in Hollywood for a long time. A long time. 
to Eddie Murphy came. Dang, really? Eddie Murphy? Yeah. That's a long yeah, Eddie, time. But, you know, even Eddie Murphy is not really dark skin. I mean, he's a little bit darker than me and you, but he's not like. He's, he's not, not as dark, dark as um, Sidney was. Arsenio Hall. Yeah, like Sidney Hall is dark skin, bro. You know, Wesley Snipes is a dark skin, bro. You know, yeah. um, I forgot about Wesley Snipes. What is he up to? Wesley Snipes? Oh, I don't know. Did he go to jail? Yeah. He did? Yeah, he did go to jail. Oh, damn. But, but you know, that was kind of, I know a lot of people talk about that, but. Anyway. That's a whole nother. But yeah, it's scam was the sin on that one because there's plenty of white folks out there ain't paid it, still ain't paying any taxes and walking around free. I mean, the previous guy that was in office, just saying. Yeah. Um, the king of debt. Yeah. King of debt. <laughs> king of debt. Hey, that's yeah. his self-proclaimed name. I I didn't give him that. The he previous guy. As, as yeah, he called himself. Calling him now. Wow. Yeah. Cause he used bankruptcy because he ain't stupid. So uh, yeah, I mean, you think everybody else is? It was him. Yeah. Yeah, you know, these people out here are busting a busting a butt, working a job. They can't. Yeah. Instead of getting handouts, they bust their butt working two or three jobs, barely making things eat, not even making things meet. Mm-hmm. And you out here talking about these bankruptcy. Um. Because you can, because you're not stupid, right? No, nah, man, bankruptcy is a, it's a, bankruptcy is a last resort when you know you can't, you just can't do it. I mean, he do it right off the top. He do it so he can keep his asset. That's the reason why he do it. I know. He don't do it because he, he can't. He don't do it because he can't pay. He does it because he wants to protect his assets. That's two different things. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. All right. Well, since we're talking about blackness, um, I thought we could talk about HBCUs because we both went to an HBCU. Um, blackness, man. Okay. Yep. Albany State. Go, Go Rams. Go well, that's not a Ram. What does a Ram make? I went. <laughs> I don't know. Like that Ram education coming through. <laughs> What can I say? What can I say? So what I find interesting when you tell like the discussion around HBCUs is I always like to ask people what made them want to go to an HBCU. So what was your story for choosing to go to an HBCU? Because I know your story is completely different than mine. Yeah, I didn't go. I, actually, I didn't go. Well, I guess I have stories. But, um, you do have a story. There's always a story. You yeah, know the yeah, I always have a choice. I did have a choice. Uh, uh, it was an opportunity that was presented to me. I remember Philander Smith being talked about a lot in our household because that's what Granddad was. That's his. I did not uh, know that he went there. Really? Yeah, he. Yeah, Grandma went to Pine Bluff. I knew yeah. she went to Pine Bluff. I did not. I had no awareness that he went to Philander Smith. Really? Yeah, he went to Flanders Smith. Yeah. Of course she so went to Flanders Smith because, I mean, granddaddy he, was really yeah. your dad. Yeah, so he was, that was his alumni. So, uh, so that's why I, I went. 
owing on a, a scholarship. But um, I thought your story would be so much more interesting than that. It was kind of boring. Yeah, it was not a whole lot to <laughs> I mean, it. I was like, what? That's it? Uh, not a whole lot I had no it. choice. Granddaddy went there, so I went there. But but that's mm. the reason why I was able to go. Because he was an because, alumni? Yeah, because, well, granddad's uh, friend. Had connections, I'm sure. Uh, Coach, Coach, Coach Greenwood uh, was a basketball coach. Did that man not know everybody in the whole entire state of Arkansas? Yeah, like, I mean, beyond? He I remember you remember could have been a politician. You remember Geese? Well, he was. That's all. That's a whole another podcast. That's my fact. Let's talk about that next week. He was a politician. Right. Yeah. How do I not know this man? Yeah, he was a politician. As I said, he, he, he didn't run for public office. He he was basically nominated. Wasn't he a sheriff? Uh, I think he was a deputy. Yeah. Doesn't even make yeah. any sense. Yeah, he said. Uh, I remember okay. seeing the badge. Well, we'll add that to the topic. Well, well, he was a he was a deputy sheriff after he retired from the uh, North Little Rock Police Department. Mm, okay. Because he was a sergeant in the uh, police department. That's where he that's where he worked after he got out of the military. That man has led so many different lives. Oh yeah, such a short period oh, of time. Yeah. That's why it's oh, funny yeah. because. Um, Grandma used to talk about Uncle Thurman and how he was like he he's on to something else, and it's like Granddad did the same thing. You know, he just went about it well, in a different way. And Thurman, I will say, he had more uh, access to different types of things to try out. I think what it okay. was for Uncle Thurman is he was too big to to be living in Arkansas. You know what I mean? Thurman? Yeah, that's just my yeah. perspective on it. Well, you know, the thing about Uncle Thurman, uh, he he was a dreamer. Yeah, he was. He was a he was a dreamer. What and, would you um, say you could see him like doing? You know, everyone has like you were talking last week about how you would just want to be an artist and paint. Like, what mm-hmm. would you say is Uncle? Thurman's like I know Uncle Tyrone's was photography Thurman's I think was music music yeah he and a lot of people did not know that he was play bass yeah play bass and he dabbled on the keyboards a little bit yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really kind of sad that he never and it's the one thing that I don't remember him ever doing no, not on the level. I mean, I think he did it in church, but I don't think he, <clears throat> not on a, a very big platform, no. Yeah. He did it more as a hobby. Kept it at that level. Yeah. But um, I think Thurman, I think Thurman misses calling though. I think he would have been. 100%, clearly. I, I think he would have been a great like uh like a nightclub manager. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, that was like Thurman. I mean, he was smooth, smooth you know what I'm saying? He he knew everybody. He, he had that laugh. He I feel like to, he you know. should have been an entertainer. Like, even that is too small for him. Because he... No, no I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about some little bitty club. I'm talking about, like, some world-renowned. Like, if the Cotton Club was still open... Oh, you were talking about, like, over. those type of clubs? I'm talking about... Yeah, I mean, I ain't been to a nightclub in a while. But, uh, like, NYLA um nightclub like that uh something like that like like a really big important nightclub i can see thurman being at the center of that yeah um and really making his name for himself doing that uh because i mean thurman was the kind of dude who bring he bring two different type of people together mm-hmm. that was like his thing um mm-hmm. and he had he had that conversation for everybody uh, had that, you know, like that big personality and stuff like that. And like to be center of attention, which you got that from grandma. But um, <laughs> I, I, I think that's, he, he missed his calling. That's what he should have been. Or maybe a maitre d' at a very nice restaurant. Nah, I don't know about that. Yeah, like uh, French Laundry or something like that. Nah, I don't think he would like that. If he was running that, oh, he would have loved it. Because there's no work involved. <laughs> don't work with all of that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe, maybe a restaurant owner. I mean, uh, maybe filling, more so filling that. Role. Yes. Yeah, filling the role of a maitre d'. Yeah. I, I think he, he would have been really good at that. Yeah. I think he, I think if he had opened up a restaurant, I think Thurman would have he would have put some uh, butts in the seat just because of his personality. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, but hmm. uh, I think he would have been he would have been good at that. I mean, you know, he owned a nightclub for a little bit. Yes, I've heard I mean, so he opened, many stories he about him. Yeah, he he opened it in the wrong spot. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. But I mean, he gave it a go. He gave it to him a cowbuster. I will give. So, I will give. I think we have to give him credit for having the courage to try something new because you know people can say what they want to say is like you know you should just pick a career and it's like oh for some people it can be a bit of a struggle especially when you're trying to um conform to what society defines as having a career and what success looks like especially for black men I, i think thurman knew that he was very talented. I don't think he had a direction. Yeah, I would agree. I agree with that. Yeah, he I didn't have a direction. Yeah. Because I mean, I mean, he the man was a <laughs> the man was a preacher slash hairdresser. I mean, come on, man. I know, <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, the women would come into the shop. Oh, they love and them. like I, I was just sit there and what? just be like vomiting in my mouth, like. Ugh. <laughs> you know what? Stop there's it. A, there's, a, there's a lady up here that I know, and she's from Arkansas. I never, I never met her before she started working for this company I started working for. And um, she was like, "Yeah, you know, where are you from? Whatever." And I, you know, I told her, and I said, "You know, my wife's from Arkansas." She said, "Oh, you know, I'm like, well, you know, my family works on too." She's like, "Oh, you know, what's your, you know, family's name or whatever?" Because you know, I'm from Arkansas. 
I was like, oh Lord, please don't let this be a cousin. Oh no, <laughs> I mean anything's possible. Yeah. And I said Thurman Nash, and oh, yeah, I mean her face just lit up. She was like, Thurman Nash, is your uncle? I was like, yeah, can't you tell? She was like, oh my God, you do look like him. <laughs> he used to do my hair. Oh, he was the best. I love yeah. going to see Uncle Thurman. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that was my uncle. He and has I, and- a way at like acknowledging and uplifting women and making them feel oh yeah he and attractive and yeah. pretty because you know he was he, really good at doing that with grandma he's yeah, like he, what, what is he what he, how would he address her hey pretty lady or what was it mm, hey pretty lady that was just because he would I always be like hey baby whenever he would see well, yeah. me i'd just be like hi <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he got well, he well, he got that he got that for granddad. Yeah, he got that for granddad. Granddad used to do that all the time. Yeah, but so. um, uh, yeah, you, uh, you baby doll, think, oh baby doll. Yeah, so I just think about mm. the positive impact that he's had on so many women's self esteem. Yeah, because I mean that was that was one thing I Thurman did get from granddad. Uh, he did look like him. He did look like him. Um. But he he got a lot of his personality from Granddad because Granddad was the same way. So say like uh uh like Austin Powers, Granddad was yeah Granddad was uh oh, what's the name? What's the Doctor Evil? Is that his name? Doctor Evil. Mm-hmm. And Thurman was many, and Thurman was many me. I mean, you really could not I mean, find a better, yeah. I mean, a better example than Doctor Evil and Mini Me. <laughs> well, like saying, really? Yeah, I'm just saying. You know how big of a personality Doctor Evil was, and Mini Me had the same personality, but oh my god! I now I'm gonna match. go and Google scenes from Dr. Evil and Minnie Me because they stole the they stole the movie. They yeah, really they did. The yeah, yeah, yeah. They really did. Especially Minnie Me. Yeah, and Granddad was Dr. Evil. I mean he was his level of persona was off the meters. Now he walked in a room, everybody knew that you know that was that was a man, you know, like even you even if he was racist, you were like that's a man right there <laughs> you know and Thurman had that same presence yeah he did had that same presence and um and I see I see a little bit in, uh in, in Tony too I see a little bit in Tony it's starting to kind it's of Tony. come out his confidence is yeah. boosting yeah yeah but Good. Tony Tony is like but you know Tony's a lot more reserved yes uh he, he does he does have a lot of his mother in him Donna uh, you know she's a little more reserved, but she got like, he he got he got a little Thurman in him, uh, and Terry too. Oh, Terry, Terry is full too. on Thurman. Like, what are you talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, she's the mini me of Thurman. I mean, I that, mean, yes, exactly. Yeah, mini she's me, mini me number two. Yeah, yeah. But you're mini me too, because you're like granddad, and I'm kind of like not anybody like anybody else. Yeah, I'm a little, um, I'm a little different from most of the Nashes. No, you you take a lot. You take a lot after mom. 
you're you're the calm, cool, collected, sit back in the cut. And and mom is trying to like absorb into the wall, out. okay? Yeah. Like, you know, so I want to absorb into the does. wall, or she just doesn't want to be there. Mom's gonna say something, but it ain't gonna be out loud. Yeah. <laughs> it may be. <laughs> oh, it'll be an expression of something. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it'll it's be gonna, like she gonna, she gonna say something, but it ain't gonna be loud. Cause cause what cause she don't wanna uh <laughs> she don't wanna hurt about the ceiling. <laughs> but she ends up doing it yeah. anyway. It still comes out. Cause you know, mom. Uh, and I'm not like that though. I'm a little bit more like, let's go pick no, some flowers. You're, you're like an empath. You just, you just, you feel a lot. I feel way feel too lot. much sometimes. Yeah, you feel the, yeah, you feel energy and stuff like that. Oh, so you recognize yeah. that about me? Yeah, I mean, you're like, yeah, you, Aaron's just like you. Yeah, I know. That's just why like we, you. That's why we connect she's, the way we she's do. The same way, yeah. That's why I tell you, be careful how you say things to her. Like you may think in your mind that she should know that, well, I love her. She knows I love her, but sometimes it's just oh, say well, more loving. But she's well, also a teenager. It. I know, but so I, I know is the she's got you that movie in her. She has my sense of humor, though. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. We yeah. are. We are Y'all are so about. inappropriate. Like the two of you are so inappropriate. I'm like, I really yeah. feel like I need to call yeah, she got my services. She like, got what my have you done to her? You have tainted this sweet, innocent oh. child. We have fun. Yeah, she she's loves my mini. She's my mini. She is yeah, your mini me. Yes. She's just a little bit more caring. But she is, yeah, she's yeah. She yeah. gets drained more easily than you do, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absorbing other people. She, she, doesn't, she doesn't like anybody feeling bad or unhappy. Or, yeah. She doesn't like, she doesn't like it. So, I mean, if she if she walks into a crowded room, she'll grab she'll go to the person that nobody's talking to. That's so me. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. That is me. Yeah, that's what she does all the time. Yeah. Which is which is generally not the best people you want to be associated with. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> what does that mean though? Associated with? What do you mean? Well, I mean, because they're not well, popular, you know quote unquote, like in school. No, no. I mean, in some cases, there's a reason why they don't pop. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it is. She just has to kind of <laughs> develop that skill to to question, like, well, why are they sitting in the corner? Is it because? Right. People aren't seeing she, them, or is it that people have seen them and they're like, "Oh no, we're just gonna ignore you." So there are two yeah. different types. She'll learn. Yeah. She'll learn when she goes to college. Yeah, and that's why I keep. That's a skill I that I learned in college. Yeah, I tell her that. I, right now, she thinks that uh, this is the most important part of her life. I, I tell her, no, it's not. That's I mean, there's a lot of people. Tell you that, yeah. Well, I mean, because this is where they find out where they kind of are socially, and you know, they they figure out the things that they like, and they're going through puberty and all that other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, to them, this is the most important for any teacher, teenager. Today is the most important day of my life. Right. 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 
And I keep telling them, I said, no, just if you go to college, it's a whole new world. It's you'll like, move past it. Yeah, it's a whole world. Like that's how I felt is, went to college. Yeah, upside is down. You know, mm-hmm. up is down, right is left. You know, all the people in school that were um, po- that were uh, unpopular now are somewhat more popular in in college. Because um, when you get into college, the the kids are hitting them books. Yeah, they're like, okay, that dude, he's gonna be something. He's like, yes, you know, yes, it, you know. And then you got the dude over here, he's frat boy, he's just been drinking. Okay, yeah, he's cool to hang out with, but <laughs> yeah, we're not doing study hall together. <laughs> you know, I might, I might kick it with it for fun, but when it's time to get serious, I'm going over here with Greg. Yeah, like, where, where's know. Bookworm Greg? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But what's interesting too so, is like you go into another cycle out of college. And um, the dynamics start to shift, where the kid that mm-hmm. was in the um, in the books may start to become popular because he is about his business. And it's always interesting seeing like the people from high school that were popular, or the people in college that were popular, how they struggle trying to maintain that popularity. And it's just like, yeah, like what about me? Like what? They're literally like, what happened? Oh, because they certainly haven't moved on from that, and yeah, you know, they haven't grown uh, and developed past population. No, and, and, it's and that, and that's, yeah, and that's, and that's what happens to a lot of a lot of kids is that when they hit the peak of their popularity, that's where they kind of just stop growth. Yeah, that's kind of sad. You know? And they always that that moment in time. Is that you know? Oh, that's the best year of my life. You know, yeah. Uh, that's why you have a lot of. That's why there's a lot of people that you know keep talking about high school. I'm like, high school was terrible. I know. I that's why I'm like, I have a friend. Yeah, like, her, my, I have a friend. She, for her, it's college. She's like, college was the best time. Don't you want to go back to college? I'm like, no, no. Like, right now is no. like, I'm like, <laughs> yes. Let it drip and rain yeah. down on me. Not uh, college let yeah. alone high school like high school is even worse yeah i think so, i should share you know. i should share why like my college experience because it has to do with my high school experience why i went to hbcu okay so i always was around white kids growing up in some capacity mm-hmm. and so my high school was very much rich white kids partying getting drunk and what I found is that I was just tired. I was just tired of always assuming the role as Nicole, black girl number so-and-so at such and such school. You know what I'm talking about. And a lot of black mm-hmm. people know what I'm talking about. And so I had the choice to go to um, so many different schools. And then I, um, a friend of mine, she actually went to a HBCU um that I ended up going to and I was like you know I kind of like I think I just want to be around black people so I could just be black and I don't have to worry about assuming the role worrying about how I'm being perceived if they're comfortable with me being this level of blackness do I need to tame it down and all that great stuff so that's what made me go to an HBCU what was interesting about going to HBCU that I did not even I don't know why I didn't process this 
is that it was completely not what I expected either. And it opened my eyes up to seeing different black people from different backgrounds and cultures. Um, so for me, I always say that um, an HBCU is a really good experience as a black person in America because it allows you this safe space to kind of explore your blackness and, and connect to that too. Um, and some HBCUs are better than others at doing that. So it was just kind of a nice relief to be able to go to school, be able to celebrate my blackness. But then also too, they also were very realistic about, okay, you're, you're going into a world that is um, run by white people, essentially is what they said. And yeah. so they were always helping they wanted to encourage us to embrace our blackness, become comfortable who we are, but also too, they were like, this is the reality of the world that you're living in too, as well. Right. So <clears throat> that was nice to too, too to kind of have that demonstration and um, um, that acknowledgement as well, because for the longest, I didn't quite know what, I didn't know how to verbalize what it was that I was kind of feeling was going on in the world. So it was a fun place, had a lot of fun. Um, and it was just really nice to just be somewhere where I was enough just being me and I just happened to be black yeah. while doing it. Yeah. And my experience was uh it was you you write one thing like you didn't have to worry about uh, just being black yeah you know mm -hmm. but when you with your hbcu you kind of have to figure out your level of blackness that too and that yeah that and too. that's where you and that, to me, that was the biggest dynamic of going to HBCU is that, and it, it wasn't a bad thing. It's not. And uh, that's the thing is that they just, encourage you to yeah, figure it out just, and it would be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see these, you know, different people and they're at different levels in different situations, you know, different parts of the country, mm -hmm. you hear different, you hear different stories and different perspectives and you got to really just see everybody kind of grew into it together because everybody who comes to ACU, HBCU um, all went through the same thing and that's what kind of bonds everybody at that school almost immediately mm -hmm. is that we're all black right we're not all of them but <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's true that's a whole nother conversation which is a which is another misconception there's a lot of white people there's a lot of arabic people there's a lot of indian people that go to hbcus it's not mm -hmm. just all black people anybody can apply and we a accept lot of them get accepted. we accept yeah. them and we party with them and hang out with them and oh yeah and they're like oh, yeah i mean i love it it's like oh okay so you're trying to trying to learn about some black culture here okay okay yeah i yeah. see I mean, you they not, not yeah i mean 
it's I, I would definitely say the experience for a black kid going to a white school is going to be a whole lot different than a white kid going to a black school yeah because the white kid going to the black school is not is not going to get shunned no be like hey man what you I doing mean, what's up you know yeah yeah it might of course we're gonna crack jokes well but, yeah it's gonna be a little bit of hazing <laughs> going on yeah but you know uh, you know like dave chappelle you know when you see a, see a gang full of black dudes and then you see that one white dude you're like, what did that white dude have to do to <laughs> get accepted mm-hmm. in that gang? Mm-hmm. And he's the most terrified member of the gang. Is that one exactly, white dude? <laughs> exactly that part? Yeah. So it's a uh, it it was a very fun experience to to really see the social experiment yeah. uh, play out the way that it did, and it was it was a more of a safer place because you know you knew that you weren't going to get used and abused because you are black. Right. It was you know, more of an even a, playing field of sorts. Yeah, because when you go to all white school, there's there's that level yeah. that you know that you only going to get so far, far. You know, um, you know that people in the back room talking about you because you're black, even though they don't know you. Yeah. You know those conversations that happen. Yeah, you're just always having to assume the role of being black in this scenario, in this sitcom essentially right. or this dramedy. And right. it's exhausting. I really I just I was just really tired in high school. At that point I was like I'm tired of having to assume this role that is just so demeaning in so many ways because I'm like yeah. I'm more than what you think I am but I was like I don't have the energy like I was a teenager like I don't I just want to sleep like I don't want to do this so it yeah, was just nice to go somewhere and just be able to breathe and be encouraged too yeah encouragement and my school also too it made it a point to um, like we had to learn the black national anthem. We had like, we learned mm-hmm. about lyrics from um, the other anthems and why we have the black national anthem. So that's when I learned about yep. the Star Spangled Banner and stuff like that. Um, it's when you found out, when you found out that third verse, you was like, what? <laughs> Literally. Oh, we, had that whole, out. we had a whole week on it. We had a whole week. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. even bought I in um, a psychologist I think to discuss it. It needs to be. It's mandatory at every every HBCU. It's mandatory. And then, did you hear they about go, they Amazing go into Grace? Depth why we have, our, yeah. Did you know? Too. Did you know about the song Amazing Grace? That yeah. one blew my mind. My mind, yeah. I was like, That's why we even sing that? Why? It's a beautiful tune if you don't know the story behind it. And then when you hear the story behind yeah. it, when it you, just becomes when you like, don't know, and you don't know all the lyrics either. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot cool. of songs a lot of songs are very long. You know what? We need to have a special podcast episode. Maybe it will be the final episode of this season so we can kind of do some work and talk about songs that people may not realize the true meaning behind it and how it is really suppressive and racist in some capacity. Oh yeah. Cuz a lot no of doubt. people don't don't know this at all 
Yeah. Because, you know, in the Constitution, we, me and you, we originally what considered one-fifth of the, of the human being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how about that? <laughs> and people tell us, man, you know, y'all got the base, so I can play this. But, uh, man, see, right now, you're looking at me as one-fifth. Yeah. That, that shit hurts. That shit hurts. It does. It really does. Because you know, you know in your core, in your essence, that that that's you weren't impossible. <laughs> yeah, even even it's like going to a party and you and you are the life of the party and everybody loves you and you know they cheer you on, they buying you shots and all this stuff, but there's that one little piece of you that you just keeps nagging like, but I wasn't invited to the party. Nobody invited me. Oh yeah, you know, and, and that's that is the feeling black people have, and it's and it's generational. It it just it perpetuates. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And I know white folks keep saying, <clears throat> you know, I ain't never owned no slaves. You ain't never been no slave. Yeah, but you still have that slave owner mentality. You keep pushing that on me. You keep having these stupid statues and naming schools after southern generals and and you ain't even in the south how you gonna have a robbery <laughs> league high school in montana yeah you know what i'm saying that's the stupidest thing in the world so but it, it you know you constantly just drag me down if you just constantly let me know even though you're not doing it yourself you constantly let me know this country is constantly letting me know that I wouldn't invite it to the party. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. Even though I might be the life of the party, you know, and everybody loves me and I'm appreciated at the party, but I wasn't invited. I just didn't get the invite. Everybody else has a paper invite. I didn't get one. And that's the feeling. Yeah. And I don't think, I, I don't think a lot of white people really understand that no, they don't. so you know like like you know well why you have to have black colleges there's a reason why we have to have black colleges i just explained one of them we, yeah. yeah we didn't we didn't do this because uh we thought it'd be fun because we couldn't we go want, to their schools exactly that's the main exactly. reason you and, told and us that, no but you know there's this this lie that's still being perpetuated that well, you can go to school you want to. Mm. Uh, no, no, I can't. It 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 still applies. I can't I can't go to any school I want to. I mean, as soon as I can't get any job that I want to, as soon as they see my name, they already know. Oh, this ain't no white dude. <laughs> oh, mom failed you. You feel that way? Huh? Oh, yeah. she tried not to. Well, it was either Marcellus or Juan, FYI. Yeah, uh, I know. <laughs> I don't know which one is better. Yeah, dad wanted to leave me Juan. Like the mom was the mom, just like, why? The mom was like, mm, no. She was like, I am not naming my child Juan. It was so funny. Oh, the Juan love, come on, man. Ooh, ooh, Don Juan. Maybe that's why he wanted to name you Juan. No, Juan Love. 
like Don, one like love. he was thinking of Don. Oh my gosh, really? One love, like one love. Yeah, that's the reason. Why, yeah, one love, one love. Let's just move on. <laughs> I dodged a bullet. Moving on. Um, I, I mean, so back to I mean, not, not gonna, being I'm invited not go- to the party. I'm not gonna lie though. It, that name would have been fine in college. I mean, in college, yes. <laughs> that name would have been fine. Well, you can anyway. change your name if you like. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not doing that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a reason why we do a lot of things that we do. You know, there's a reason why our neighborhoods are so crappy. There's, there's, there's a reason for a lot of things. Yeah. But, you know, white folks are like, well, why just pick your stuff up by the bootstraps and get in there and, and, and get it done? You well, how am I supposed boots. to do that? You don't even yeah. have boots. You know, how am I supposed to do that? So you're going to have to work hard. But somebody's got to let me work hard, right? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, uh, give me the same shot as, as anybody else. Yeah. Um, but don't get me wrong, you know, uh poor white folk, they Yeah, they get hit just as I, hard. I, if not harder in some instances. Because yeah. one thing about they, they, the black they community in. is we know in order to get somewhere we have to have education because they have made it that way. And so that's yeah, why you that, have people that are managers at Walmart that have like a a PhD just to work as a manager yeah, at Walmart. And that's why uh, a lot of uh, your most vocal racists are poor white folks because they honestly get mad when we say, you know, um, you know, you bring anything about slavery or anything. I mean, they say, well, my dad never owned no slaves and all this other stuff. And, you know, why you get mad at me? You know, we we in the same boat together. And we, we are. Well, we are to a degree. We are to a degree because not only is there a racist system, there's a class system at play, too. And if you're born poor, they're going to keep you poor. I get that. I I completely get that. But has mom, have you ever heard mom tell the story about um, the textile mill workers? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. this is a very prime example about how still um, at one period in time, you just being white, you just already were superior over black people. You had workers who had, who had, um, who had black help that they didn't have to pay but they weren't even getting paid in money and they were getting paid in mill dollars it's like well how are you even paying the black people it's like oh you can't possibly be paying them yeah but but see that's the thing poor white people don't see it that way yeah i i I understand that that's i think that's one of the frustrating things about it is everyone has an experience of an experience and opinions can be colored by the experiences and it is like you can't discredit people's experiences but the thing thing that's missing is that you have to acknowledge that okay that's how you experienced it this is how i experienced it 
that's the problem. There is not that space to a level of respect that sometimes things can be different. But it's yeah. about getting to the right place and just allowing people to have a sense of equality. Because I don't think it's right yeah. that you have poor white people living in the way that they live. That's not right. America has failed them too. Well, some, it's, it's, in some instances they have, because you have to think about like the ancestral um, things that get passed on generation after generation after generation. There are some similarities, but yeah, there's but a lot to too. There, there is always going to be a class system. All right. America's class system is under the guise of economic class. So in order for um, in order for our economic structure to survive, are we need a lot of poor people. We need a lot, we need the biggest group of people are people who are in the middle, middle management. These are people who have the dollars to spread to spend freely. Right? But you need poor people to work those low-end jobs to create the grease for the economic machine. Right. You need the worker bees, essentially. Right. And that's yeah. and that's it. And we, if you really pay attention, if you go to econ when you're in college, when you really pay attention, listen to what your teacher's telling you. They're telling you mm-hmm. we have to have poor people. Poor people are important because if you don't have poor people, you don't have grease. If you don't have grease, the machine don't run. And the, one of the biggest factors of having a middle class is not only to have for them to have the free money to spend money on goods that they don't need, that are not essentials, but they also give the poor people something to look at to inspire to be they inspire to be that but that's a system that we came up with and it allows the rich to get richer to maintain their it allows you to maintain the status quo i'm I'm not sure exactly when it kind of i'm not even sure do you think that that system is 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 humane no, there's there's no system on earth right now created by humans that is fair. There's right. not one. Right. There's not one country that is because that is fair. We're driven by our egos and wanting. Yeah, they're either they're even driven. They're driven by monarchs. They're Which driven is ego driven. By, yeah, they're they're um, they're driven by uh, uh, dictators, mm-hmm. and it's driven by you know free commerce they're all the same system this is no different yeah. except except say like a dictatorship might be a little more physically brutal than the e-commerce side because it's all about money um and once you really understand how money works you'll understand why america gives so much money to other countries is because that's how we win wars now. We pay people off. We don't send troops anymore. 
If we physically send troops in there, that is something. That means that you can't buy these troops off of me. Or you're like, you know what? I'm tired of throwing money at this. Let's just go take it. <laughs> Let's just go take it, of course. Let's just go take it. And I'm not talking about politically. I'm talking about economically. Mm-hmm. Because, Nobody really cares about I mean, the politics of it. It's about money. It's, a, yeah, it's all about money. It's all about money. Because we went in the Middle East. What did we get out of that? I don't, know. I don't recall. Not a thing. But you know what? But you know what the uncle, you know what the uh, oil companies got out of it? Money, power, they got to, control. They got to set up, they got to set up their plants. They got to set up their buildings. They got to set up their businesses. And then after they get set up, it could be, it could go back to whatever, it could be whatever, as long as they don't yeah. kick us out. A good example is uh, uh, banana, uh, banana industry. <laughs> the banana or the top, or the uh, the. Um, no, stick uh, with the, the banana. Industry. Go with the banana industry. That's more curious. No, the banana, the banana in in the rubber industry, and the pineapple. I mean, it's all the same. I mean, these are countries that were. What did ran the by pineapple do? Okay, pineapple, banana, and rubber. It was ran- all right. Yeah, it was reigned by a monarch or a dictatorship. We went in there and we messed with the economic structure and we set up a system was that is British? more beneficial. Huh? Was it the British or the French? Some of them are British. Some of the British, yeah. It was all economic, though. It had nothing to do with... I mean, that's the reason why colonialism, colonialism existed was not because they wanted to spread the, their beliefs is because it was an economic structure. It was a way to garner uh, resources. That's it. The devil was, was in a re- Yeah, the reason why they wanted to take over the Caribbean was there's nothing in the Caribbean. Lies. In the Caribbean. Lies but, you tell. But, I mean, no, I'm talking about resource-wise. That's because that's not the purpose of it. It's the purpose of the Caribbean, no. in my opinion, is to admire the beauty of Mother Nature. But I no, get your point. The purpose of the purpose of the Caribbean is shipping. But you're that looking at it. it from a different perspective. This is no, how I'm we're looking, different, I'm, though. I don't I'm, see it I'm that way. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at a perspective of economic Money. structures. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's nothing there. There's no resources there. Well, they've made. Why, you, why, why do you think? Why do you think China is sitting at the top of the economic stress right now? Why? And then we got to wrap it up. Oh, because they're because you know it's pure luck. They are in a great part of the world. They, you can say they're in the center of the world. They got great shipping ports. Then you know China. You can get to China many different ways pretty quickly. Um, and they got cheap labor on top of that. It's the cheap labor. And they got resources. They got tons of resources. They got tons of cheap labor. And because of the cheap labor, though, labor. I think. Yeah. Well, they made no, it, though. More, they set it more, up it's in more, It's more shipping. It's more shipping. But uh, the labor definitely helps a whole lot. I'm sure it does. Especially when you but, can make people work and do things that they don't want to do. 
you yeah. can limit the number of children they have to drain the resources from their pocket. Like you right. tell people, I mean, okay, well, this is what you're going to be while you live in this country. This is going to be your job for life. Yeah, I mean, they do that in a lot of countries, though. I know, but we're talking specifically but, about them. Yeah. But, I mean, China, China is odd because China kind of morphed into this weird, odd, communistic thing. I, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> your, your face right weird. now is just like... It's, yeah, because it's not 100% communism no it's only comment it's, it's only common is only communistic when it when it uh suits the government right because i mean a lot of people don't know is that a lot of these villages when they vote it's democratic they actually vote the who they want to sit mm-hmm. you know it, who who they want to be in charge of the village you know that's at the village level but, though but at the but at the national level no, there's no. only one party there's only one party. Yeah. That's how <laughs> so, they maintain control. Yeah. They yeah, allow them to I, vote within their village so they have a sense of of power. Right. But at the same time, since there's only one party, whoever you vote for, it really don't matter. <laughs> they have really to do what the party really, tells them to do. The, yeah, it don't matter. Because it's just like, who do we want to see all, every day? They all got to tell a lie. Because yeah. if they don't tow the line, you're not going to see them again. Oh, yeah, there's that part, too. Mm-hmm. They like to make people disappear. Yeah, and Russia's about to... They keep your eye on Russia. And they keep your eye on China, too, because China, China keeps a tight lid on everything, but they've been revolting over there for a long time, every day. I mean, it's getting ready to shift, I think, in China. Yeah. Especially with COVID and Corona. I think that was the tipping point for them. No, it's just been tipped. I know, but I really do think that really did kind of, it kind of propelled it a little further. Yeah, they got military in the streets in some some of the uh, cities. Not in those small towns, I'm talking major cities. I mean, it's, it's definitely a police state right now. It has been for years. These people have been revolting for years. Yeah. And that's the reason when Hong Kong, when all that stuff popped off in Hong Kong, because the people in Hong Kong have been living under a different economic rule because they were, ran, they were basically owned by England, right? So when the contract, now I don't know how they had a contract, but they had a contract that ran out. And basically England. Yeah, they had a contract to Yeah. For what? So the ownership of Hong Kong. The province of Hong Kong. I tell you, the British have been everywhere. Yeah, they touched everything. Like they literally have licked every part of this world. Yeah. Man, it's all for resources. And there was a reason why. They didn't have because they had a lot of resources in China. And like I said before, they had a shipping port. Great place. It's a great place. It's just a good place. They're just in a really good place when it comes to shipping. So does but, I have a question. I know it's completely off topic. What does mm-hmm. what do they even have 
resource wise in um in like the UK? What do they have? No, nothing. I know what the Irish have really good milk and cheese and potatoes. I'm here for that. Milk and cheese and potatoes. <laughs> That's my favorite food groups right there. Oh, this girl says milk and cheese. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. But no, they ain't. Nothing they really like some Irish lot. butter? Come on now. They, re they really don't have a whole lot of resources. They Maybe it's don't. the Irish in me. You know that I realize no, it is no, the Irish. You know what they, their biggest resource is? What? History. Who? That's England. England. That's oh, because they went history. around and licked everything. Well, tourism is probably their biggest, their biggest staple right now. That, yeah, I mean, I am not that's what's lie. keeping them. That's what's keeping go. them afloat. Oh, everybody wants to go. They have a lot of history and um, there's a ton of history. They have so much history on one block. Yeah, they have more history on one one square block than we have for the whole United States existing. Yeah, that's yeah. how much history is in England. So. Um, but the resource wise, they really have a lot. All they have is really just they have history. They got a lot of old buildings and you know they got a lot of old people. <laughs> <laughs> they but that's their biggest resource, I believe, is being old. It's just that history. Being old and licking people. Yeah. Licking countries. Man, I mean, uh, I, I know they're trying to. Um, That's why the Rolling Stone logo is what it is with the tongue. See the connection? Oh, See the connection I made? Mm -hmm. Man, it's for licking the beetle. Sure. Well, that's not what it's really for. You can't really say what it's really for. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On that note. Yeah, you know what it is. You know <laughs> on that note, <laughs> no, I'm going to go ask mom about it and see if she can answer it. What? About she the, probably wouldn't. Know. Know. She, she might know. If she knows, but, I don't think she's going to tell me and have a full on discussion about it. Yeah, I think mom has listened to the Rolling Stones. But I don't think she's a fan. Mm, no, it's not really her vibe. She's more like Stacks, um, Motown. That too, um, or. Simon and Garfunkel, like she's all about Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel, dude, you have no idea. Well, she's I mean, the reason is, why I like I mean, Simon and Garfunkel, Garfunkel, and Simply Red. Oh, don't get us started on Simply Red. Oh, I love Simply Red. I do too. That that little redheaded man, like he can mm -hmm. sing like he can build it up. Expect a black man to pop out of his skin. And he's Irish. Hey, what up, hey, fam? See, it's all. <laughs> see, I knew it's the butter, milk, and cheese, and oh, potatoes. God. Back, back to the butter, milk, and cheese, and potato thing. <sighs> it's my favorite food group. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. <sighs> I don't know what to say. I'm all off work. Keep going back to butter, milk, and potatoes. It's like that. Maybe it's because it's I'm a but, little hungry, but but we want conversation. We 
Yeah, we took the long way around once again. <laughs> I once know again. we always do. But but you know it's it's funny how it's funny how everything ties into each other. Everything. And the one thing, the one thing that ties everything together is money. And if you don't believe so, you're lying to yourself. Or whoever you believe in is lying to you. But it all revolves around money. Money is, has been a religion for a long time. A long time. Uh, money actually um, helps re religion. The religion of money actually props up religion. Well, that's because they're a business. Well, everything's a business. Yeah. So whenever everything's a business, coming from the standpoint of um, making money, everything. Greed. Yeah, everything. Greed everything, can kind of creep into the into the equation there. Yeah, any anything that anybody does can make money. So anything that anybody does is a business. I'm good at you at peddling your wares. That's a different story. But everything that you do, that I do, that anybody does, is a business. Mm. Now, whether it's profitable. That's a different thing. Well, that's why I put my hope and connection with the Holy Spirit and God, because that is where I get my money from. It is. Amen. Ain't gonna pay no lecture bill though. Yes, but, it will. Okay. Yes, All it right. will. You keep All thinking right. small over there, buddy. I'm not thinking mm -hmm. small. Mm -hmm. I'm not thinking small. Mm -hmm. I think it's small at all. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just saying that if you get electric bill, I'll share bill and you my it, of my abundance to you. Okay, how about that? I'm just, I'm just saying, if you get electric bill and you write on there, Jesus loves me and you, and you send it in. I would say Jesus. <laughs> I'm not gonna say Jesus. <laughs> I would say something else. Because, but, but you know that's that's my thing. Is that don't think that other people have the same level of faith as you do. Well, no, you have to focus still, on your own faith. That's the thing. Right. And everybody's got to play the game. Everybody's got to play the game. You just got to pick what kind of game you want to play and who you choose to be on your team. Well, is the mm, most important well, thing. You got to decide how much you're willing to lose, how much you're willing to risk. That's what playing the game is. But, I think it's but more for, about your team that you pick, too. Well, that's that's part of the risk. All right. I feel like we can keep talking on and on. This is, look, this is how long we've been going. Ah, no, people don't care. Um, they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> they ain't doing nothing but mopping the floor. They got time. All right. Well, that was an interesting around the world and back again yeah but go hbcu yes support your love, hbcus yes yes they, give them a call see what they got going on 
They always got some kind of community event going on, some type of charity event. Mm-hmm. They always got something going on. Get involved. And pay your alumni if you can. Donate. Yeah, if you Depends can. HBCU. Yeah. Give, give back some of that money. If, even if you can't get money, give your time. Yes, time is give your time. so much more valuable than your money. Yeah. Yeah, just stay connected. That's that's it. Just stay connected. You'd be you'd be amazed how how much you'll get out of it just by staying connected. Even if you didn't go to HBC, stay connected. Even if you're not black, stay connected. True, 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 true. All right, that's a wrap for today. All righty, Coco. Why do you always get loud at the end? In the beginning? I don't know. I get excited to say goodbye. No, I just think it's excited. Okay, well, I'm not going to steal your joy. I am not going to steal your joy there, buddy. Let it out. Express your excitedness. Well, see, now I got to use the bathroom, so we got to go. Oh, Lord, have mercy on their dear Jesus. I got to pee. It was that milk, cheese, and potatoes that I was talking about, right? I got you. Hang the phone up. You're not on the phone. Bye, everybody. You're not gonna say anything. You're just gonna. I love my. All I'm gonna say, I love my sister. <laughs> Thank the, you. I love the, you too. The milk, the milk, the milk, cheese, and potato reference though is. <laughs> you're killing me. You're killing me, but I the love Irish you. Irish milk, cheese, <sighs> and butter and potatoes. You got an Irish. Well, you better embrace your roots there. All right. Bye. Bye. See y'all next week.